I'll try to pull off the Mick Jagger impersonation at the next show for people. Yeah. yeah. Hello and welcome to WNC Original Music, episode 118, the Singapore Emergency episode. This week, the podcast features Andrew Scotchy of Andrew Scotchy and the River Rats. We're going to be talking about a couple of his recent releases. Mainly, we're going to be talking about their live album, which just came out April 16th. And you can get it now at andrewscotchymusic.com. You can also find it at the streaming sites and just anywhere that you can get music online. The EP is called Live from a Distance, and we'll have links to it also in the show notes. You're going to be hearing some excerpts from that on this episode, as well as a couple of other recent releases in the past few months. This is being recorded in mid-April 2021, so if you're hearing it around that time, make sure to check Andrew's website for information on a couple of upcoming shows, including the Coda Music Festival, which is at Montreat College in Montreat, North Carolina, and they also have a show coming up at the Orange Pill in Asheville, North Carolina. Both should be great shows, as you're going to hear from the live music you are about to experience right now. Here are Andrew Scotchy and the River Rats.
Funny Money. That's actually uh, an older song. Um, that's one of the songs that got written in late 2015 after we'd put out the We All Stay Hungry album. Um, it had never been recorded as a demo. It had never really been captured live, but it was a song that we like to play live. And I remember as we were going into the pre-production for Everyone Everywhere, I had it in my back pocket and I brought it to the band. I was like, Hey, I think this is a really good representation of the hard driving funk sound that we have all, you know, really grown to like. And, you know, we, we also grew up loving stuff like that too. Um, something with a really good groove. And, um, I always have just found, uh, our relationship as human beings, uh, to money, uh, really interesting. And how you grow up with this concept in your head of it and then how it just changes over the course of time. And like as you get older, your 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 like ideal amount of money or like your perception of wealth or being successful, it 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 changes a lot. And it it also, you know, like funny money, it you know, like the subject matter kind of pertains to the music industry as well and how um you know, it's not your typical, it's far from your typical nine to five. Everyone knows that. And you have good weeks, you have bad weeks. You know, it, there's there's not a lot that's guaranteed. And, um, you know, the first line, funny how money can rule my everyday, bend me and break me in fashionable ways. And all that really is um, talking about is how we've kind of made it like um, totally socially acceptable to be ruled buy money you know like it's 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 just a very common thing now and you know with consumerism and like wanting things and like you know we're, we're constantly inundated with products and advertising and everything like that and um yeah i guess part of it to me has always been funny so like i just uh i kind of had that idea in my head and it grew from that guitar riff and um, for all the guitar nerds out there it starts in b and um it's just a it's just a statement you know about how i feel um you know growing up i was uh i i guess my family was kind of middle class um my dad worked his ass off every day and but he also knew how to play he also knew how to enjoy his time with his family and he always demonstrated that and um you know like he he definitely put in my head at an early age you know work hard um, and you'll have enough money to, you know, do what you want to do. And I always admired that, but he also had the side of him that was very much so like, yeah, money's great. But at the same time, it's, it doesn't, you know, it's not going to make you happy. You have to make you happy and that you have to make sure that people around you, um, are genuine, good hearted people. Um, because that, that really is success. You know, like you can have all the money in the world, but if you're not happy, and if you don't have people around you that are in your corner, you know, going to bat for you, then, you know, what's it for? So it's, it, it, it kind of is all rolled into that <laughs> idea. There's an interesting thing I think that happens with uh, musicians where, um, you know, if you're, if you're not successful, like monetarily, and that's, that's based on, you know, like really how popular you are, the same, same thing. But if you're not popular at all, you know, you don't get a whole lot of respect as you get more popular you get respect, you know, as you get more, you make more money, sell more records, you get more respect until you get super popular, super rich, then you don't get much respect. Like if you, if you become too big as a musician, like a, a really, you know, like selling a, out, yeah, yeah, you're thing, like selling yeah. out and doing all this kind yeah. of stuff. So it's like, uh, 
it's like the people that that care that are like you're talking about that that value money are really watching that with artists. They're like, okay, you can get you can get a little big, but not not too big, or we don't we don't much care for that. I totally know what you're saying, and I think that you know on on, on that subject, and in my mind, I'm like, man, it all depends on how you treat people, how how you treat people, how you give back to your community, and everything like that. Yeah. And um, you know, one of the lines in Funny Money is. I want some fashionable truth, you know, and like, uh, to me, that was my way of saying like, I want, you know, I want, uh, people to love or in an ideal world, it'd be nice if people loved genuine people as much as they love money and things and everything like that. What if that was currency, you know? Um, but I, I have a tendency to dream up things that that don't necessarily work in the real world. So (laughs) (laughs) that's a good quality to have. Well, frustrating yeah, sometimes. Yeah, maybe. it works yeah. most of the time. Yeah. <laughs>
Human 2. Um, it's funny. That song actually started as a kind of Gary Clark-ish, uh, mo- like modern blues kind of riff. And it was kind of like a, it was really just a statement saying, you know, I, here are my flaws. Here is what I'm going through. You know, uh, I, I can be hard to handle sometimes. I can be a little manic. I can be um, just totally frantic, that whatever, but I'm human too. I'm just like you, you know? Mm. And it, it also kind of came down to talking about the current social climate and how there is, you know, like we've, we've all felt it in the past uh, year specifically. I mean, it's been an ongoing thing since, you know, the beginning of time, but I think in the past year, especially with the pandemic, we as Americans, as the world, whatever you want to call it, have been more aware and cognizant of um, kind of that social divide and how it, um, people are not 100% unified all the time. And yeah. and that was just kind of my way of saying like, Hey, despite differences and despite um, uh, some, some, some very humanistic flaws, we're, you know, we're, we're in this together and we have a lot more in common than we think, you know, than we think we do. And yeah, the, the music actually started in a totally different direction. Like I said, very simple, um, kind of four on the floor kind of thing. And then I didn't like that. I thought (laughs) it was like, I was like, this just doesn't, this doesn't sound unique enough. I wanted it to be really different. And then I came up with the opening riff of the song that people hear on the album for human Two. And, um, I remember I took it to the band and, uh, of course, Matt Williams, who produced and recorded, mixed and mastered everyone everywhere, the album, he, he came to practice and he, and he really liked that one because it had a very, um, unique balance of like light, happy, pop driven, um, chorus slash pre-chorus. But there's like this middle section, which is really the verse, that is kind of dark and, you know, brooding and, um, a a little lost, you know, like this questioning a lot of things. Um, so I, I remember showing it to the band and we, and we worked on it as a band and put in some stops and everything. And, um, I, I think that's actually one of my favorite songs on the album, just because it doesn't sound like anything that we've ever recorded Mm -hmm. as a band. And, um, it, it, it kind of took on a really cool, um, um, like, uh, its own life within Mm -hmm. our fan group, you know, like, uh, you know, people saying like, I'm human too, you know, that became like a hashtag within our group and everything like that. And I, I thought as we were going through, you know, the hell that we went through and, you know, we kind of still are going through, um, as humanity, I thought that that song, you know, really helped people. And that's like that to me, whether it's a song that I write or a song that I hear, you know, that, that to me is what music is all about is helping people through making people feel a little lighter, more unified. Yeah. And it's also just kind of like a, like a tongue in cheek kind of, you know, like, yeah, you know, I'm crazy, you know, like, just like you, you know, I'm having a hard time just like you, you know, and in the end, I guess it's just a song to unify us through our, humanistic flaws i guess (laughs) that is interesting uh, how you talked about you know the past year um and there are things that that the things that do bring people together they can kind of uh identify with someone about something you've seen like a lot more um maybe it's because people have more time but also it seems like there's a different for a lot of people there's a different attitude that they're going to make things uh make their life a little more um 
a little more meaningful, you know? And I mean, you see that like with yep, the, black, yep. the most obvious thing is like the Black Lives Matter movement, which in the middle of a pandemic, mm-hmm. they had like the largest protests, the largest marches they've ever had um, right. because people thought, you know, this is important and, you know, we need to do something about this. So people, yeah, uh, kind of um, are drawn towards this kind of thing where they identify with someone, especially someone who, like in, in your case, like probably a lot of your fans don't know you personally. Um, so it's good for them to have a surprising amount do actually. <laughs> well, yeah, a a lot, surprising a lot amount do because yeah. like I I I I I like talking to people. I really like talking oh, yeah, to people, yeah, that's and that's true. one thing that like. I, I also just like having a connection with people, you know, like whenever someone buys merchandise or something like that at a mm-hmm. show or um, even just like throughout the pandemic, you know, if we got random messages, like we know things suck right now, but we uh, hope you guys are doing well, you know, oh, that's keep awesome, making yeah. music, you know, yeah. like if, if stuff like that happened, I'd be like, hi, how are you? You know, I talk to them. I'm like, what do you do? You know, <laughs> and like, so I, 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 I made friends through this that I didn't have before. A uh, great sound. Where, where was it uh, recorded? It was recorded at Salvage Station. Oh, okay. And on uh, the 30th of October. And that was like our hometown Halloween show. And um, Eric Reynolds at the Salvage Station recorded it. And then we took the audio files to Matt Williams, who's done our other records at the Eagle Room. And he just, he picked it all apart. And, you know, he gave us the options, you know, of like w- which songs you want, which are like, eh, which are great, you know. And, um, part of me wanted to put the whole fucking record or the whole performance out there. And then the other part of me was like, no, let's save a little bit. You know, let's not like give like the whole show away. So that was that was the intention for putting just four songs out there. And that and it was like there's a song on there. It's like 11 minutes long. <laughs> Do I really fall? 
between out nice and low. Y'all please make some noise for our friend Joshua Cavender on the keys. days so that one actually that's probably the oldest or one of the oldest songs that we still have in our live lineup um it didn't get recorded on a record like a studio album until 2018 on the family dynamo album but we've been playing it live the band has been playing it live since like 2013 or something like that it's gone through several different versions um and it was actually recorded um, at UNCA. It, like, we have a demo from UNCA Studios. I guess it's, it's fresh in my mind because I just rode my bike through UNCA. But um, we recorded it at this like student-run studios in uh, 2013 at UNCA. And it was one of the first demos that we ever made uh, there. And um, it... it it gave a really it gave us a really good idea of how we can incorporate rock and mm-hmm. funk and psychedelic music into one track and over time playing it live it grew into this it it, it, it became the longest song like of our mm-hmm. set i think it still is and the live album is coming out the live ep um live from a distance it's the closing track because it's 11 minutes long and <laughs> you know um if there was like a quote unquote like you know like like what's your free bird you know uh-huh. like in your set list like that's <laughs> i don't know like as dorky as that sounds but i also grew up loving skinner so i don't care <laughs> um uh, that would probably be the song and it's really just about coming out of a dark time in your head you know like Coming out of spring, for example, now we're in spring, um, you know, it's almost April. Um, it's kind of like that feeling that you have when you're coming out of the winter and you've learned all these things and you're like, you know what? I felt like garbage or I felt lonely. Maybe maybe that person went through a breakup. Maybe this person, maybe I lost somebody. Maybe somebody died and I never get to see them again. Maybe someone moved away. And you have that trauma, you're going through that trauma and, but you see the light at the end of the tunnel. That's, that's what the song is about. It's, it's about getting better and it's about holding on to hope and pushing on. Um, Music did that for me growing up, like almost every time I turned something on. um, So naturally that's kind of like a pattern or is kind of like a a go-to for me when it comes to songwriting is I you know, as an individual want to feel better after I write something. I also want people listening to feel better and to feel like, Hey, you got this, you're going to be okay. And, um, just putting, you know, those lonely feelings behind you, acknowledging them, you know, and being like, this is what makes me, me, you know, and this is part of my story and everything, but like, I've got to move on and things are going to get better. Um, so that, that, that really probably in a nutshell is what that one's about. And that is, it's also just a fun, uh, riff driven song yeah. um, on the family dynamo album you hear a horn section behind the riff but on this live ep that's coming out uh it's just a uh, organ synthesizer um, from josh cavender and the power trio logan keith and i and there's there's just some moments i mean like this is like this track that we're talking about is, is one of the main reasons that 
um, I wanted to put out this live EP is because you listen to it from, uh, we just call it the jam section to like the very end, which is like almost seven minutes of just like, you know, things rising and falling and each person kind of trading licks and everything like that. It's really kind of, uh, it, it comes down to the core of being in a band, you know, like whenever you're, whenever you're in a band, and especially in the live setting, you want to be able to read each other. You want to be able to, you know, like, like musically converse with each other, you know, like whenever people come and see us live, you know, like a lot of people see me and Keith, you know, like constantly like looking at each other and like trading legs at each other, just, you know, fucking with each other and stuff like that. So like, <laughs> it's, it's fun to like try new things um, on the spot. And with this track in particular, there's things that we could never replicate. And it's interesting because Logan has only been with the band um, on on drums for a year. So this past February was a year. And by the time that we recorded this um, live EP, it was recorded the 30th of October. And that was like the third or fourth show that he had done with us or something like that. I mean that's not a lot at all, and it and it really it really speaks to his level of playing and the you know how he's taken our dynamics and just brought it to a new level. Um, I absolutely love every uh, every drummer that is either recorded with us, toured with us, um, and I appreciate the foundation that they that they laid down specifically Eliza Hill. But um, there's some moments on this live live EP that are just really special. And um, you can actually kind of hear us working with each other and trying new things that we had never tried before because it's like our, you know, it's like like less than five times that we've been on stage together because of the pandemic. You know, we had all these dates. It's like, you know, every other working band. And yeah, we couldn't do it, through. you know. It doesn't sound like someone who's only played with you five times, you know. It sounds very tight, yeah. very, yeah. We, we wanted to pull some things out because like, like for example, whenever you get a live audio recording from a show, it's typically in a wave audio format and it's just one track. Yeah. And you're I like, to my knowledge, you're hearing kind of what people are hearing out front. So, um, or maybe even like it, it, it's kind of on stage, I guess it, I guess it could vary. But the point mm-hmm. is after you get that file, you have to pull some things out and you have to pull some frequencies out and everything to really enhance the experience and, and, you know, make it to where people listen to it on their, you know, their, their headphones, earbuds or on their phone. Right. Unfortunately, most people are probably going to listen to it on their phone. Right. <laughs> Maybe an I'm iPad. I'm old school in that way. Know. I'm like, I hope people listen to it on their stereo right. and like, ooh, that bass is really coming through. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, it won't happen. It, it'll happen with the right people. Maybe uh, uh, through their, probably the best way for through their phone on their phone but through their car speakers they their, yes yeah. yes and i'm i'm a fan of listening in the car i'm a huge fan of listening yeah. in the car. i actually listened to this live ep in the car a lot and it's funny because i i drove over to logan's house and i showed him the live mixes we're sitting in my car and um i actually like uh i i played lonely days for him and he's like man this is really cool i don't remember like actively like thinking about doing this at all uh-huh. it was just like this fun spontaneous thing and um, it was also a hard time of year. We were all kind of going through some stuff, you know, yeah. like the coming of winter was, you know, was there uh, election day yeah, was about yeah. to happen. You know, there were a lot of things going on in the world. And I think that what comes through the hardest or, or what comes through the strongest is a very cathartic experience. And I think that that's always been at the core of River Rat shows mm-hmm. is like you, you feel that release and it's just, 
just uh like you almost want to be exhausted afterwards that's how i want to feel at yeah. least i want to i want to feel like a limp noodle afterwards i just want to pass out right, right. <laughs> go to sleep but um when you have a live yeah. song like this that has that long uh that long you know instrumental break mm-hmm. how do you are you practicing that long or are you just kind of saying okay now right here we're gonna have Ooh, an instrumental yeah. break and we might we'll practice some but also we don't want to over practice something that's supposed to be spontaneous so are you thinking okay we'll we'll, mm-hmm. pra- we'll we'll keep it three minutes here but on the on the day we'll go 10 minutes you know or that sort of thing how, how are you working that out we we definitely rehearse um and we we don't plan out what we call jam sections you know like we don't really plan it out but there are, um, and specifically this song has grown on the road, meaning we, we really started to, to uh, develop the jam section and how we could grow it and just turn it into this big um, kind of, you know, uh, sonic concoction. Uh, we started doing that in 2019 whenever we started touring a lot. And uh, uh, specifically on the, on the winter tour we did out West in 2019, I remember when we played Steamboat Springs, Colorado, we, we took it on a ride and, and that song probably lasted about nine, nine minutes mm-hmm. or so. And, um, Keith has been pretty, uh, our, our bass player, um, has been pretty, uh, influential, been very influential with pushing, um, that kind of jam mentality, but not like, you know, noodle until, <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, like forever, because like that to us kind of gets old. Like we're not, we're not giant jam band yeah. uh, fans. Uh, like I, I, I think of this band more punk rock before I do <laughs> like a jam band, but we, we also like certain aspects of it and we like the spontaneity and we like the musicianship of that. Um, I, I, I really like Unfreeze McGee and um, bands like Galactic and stuff like that. I know, I, I know Keith does too, um, but he, he definitely grew up, on, more on kind of like the jam uh, scene kind of bands and stuff like that. He had, actually was in a band called Deja Fuse that was like way more prog rock mm-hmm. and instrumental. And um, anyway, so whenever he joined the band, he was really, um, you know, he was really good about pushing like, okay, let's drop it down right here. And then like, you know, like this subtle thing happens and then maybe we can bump it up a half a step. Um, so all, all of that started to come in pretty strong in 2019 uh, and yeah, like, like we talk about it rehearsal, you know, like, um, like, yeah, let's, you know, let's take it up maybe a half step here. Um, or, um, just, you know, let's, let's take that guitar solo and, and shorten it a little bit, you know, and it, it also kind of depends on, um, how much time we have, how much time we have. And we don't want to ever, ever, ever lose the audience. So we're, we're also feeding off of the audience, yeah. like meaning, if if we don't think they're feeling it, we're not going to go eleven minutes, you know, <laughs> on yeah, a song. Yeah. So if if we feel like uh, like that never happens, does it? Does it? <laughs> no, no, it, like 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 thank God it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we yeah, I mean like uh, we we as as far as our songs go, like there's a good mix of quick, fun, pop rock funk mm-hmm. songs and then there's like psychedelic kind of the world's turning upside down stuff like that and that's just because we love all kinds of music mm-hmm. um but yeah with something like lonely days you 
you more so go into it with like a framework in mind. And then you're like, we don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And I think that people can really hear that. Um, there's actually one section where Josh, who uh, makes a guest appearance on synth in Oregon, he's tripping out. It sounds like spiders are just like crawling out of his ears and stuff like that. I mean, like it's, it's spooky. Hmm. And, um, Anyway, that starts to happen. I, and I remember I walked over to Keith and I was like, bump this up half a step. And we didn't tell Logan. Uh-huh. And Logan, um, granted, like, you know, he's not playing uh, notes or anything. He's, you know, he's keeping, he's keeping the rhythm and the beat going. But he, he did this fill right into it to where it sounded so planned. Oh, yeah. And again, that speaks to his character as a musician and how he listens. And um, yeah, I think it's just a really fun thing. And like I said earlier, like there's moments on that one track in particular that we could never replicate either in the studio or live. I mean, sure. There might be some moments at our next show, um, that are, you know, kind of based off of what we did at Mm -hmm. that show, but, but you can't ever get the same thing. And that's another thing. Like we don't, we don't want each show to be, uh, the same. Each show needs to be different. And that's, you know, that's another reason I'm only putting out four tracks from that show is because, Yeah, each show is so different, and like sometimes we have new originals, new covers, and um, just want to keep it short and punchy and to the point. More from Andrew Scotty of Andrew Scotty and the River Rats in just a few moments. Want to remind you to go and stream or download his new album. It's called Live from a Distance, and it was recorded at the Salvage Station in Asheville, North Carolina. You might notice uh, some of the songs are fading out. That's because I'm not playing the whole thing on this episode. Some of the uh, songs. In the live versions, uh, like Andrew has mentioned, do go on for a while, but they don't get uh, repetitive. You'll hear a lot of really a lot of interesting changes there in the music, even during the instrumental sections. So make sure to visit Andrew's webpage. That's andrewscotchymusic.com. And also follow him on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all those places. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Just search WNC Original Music. It is available wherever you get podcasts. Also, you can visit wncoriginalmusic.com. And also make sure to follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram for extras. And uh, join our group. Uh, that's Western NC Original Music. And there uh, you'll have stuff from the podcast, but also lots of other Western North Carolina musicians uh, sharing their music there as well. Hey. This is Marshall from Baneful Town, and you're listening to WNC Original Music. All right, a new feature we're doing on the podcast here. I just started doing this a couple months ago. None of them have aired yet. We're going to play a contest. Okay. I'm going to ask you five questions, and they're dumb questions, sort of dumb. Uh, And uh, the prize is from one of our previous guests, uh, Charles Latham and the Borrowed Band. He's going to donate a t-shirt if you win this contest. Yeah. Love shirts. All right. I'm going to name five songs. you got to get four out of five right. I'm okay. going to name five songs. Probably heard all of them. And you have to guess who wrote it. Okay. And I'll give you I'll give you uh, three choices. I'll let you see if you know it first. But uh, first one's probably the easiest one, which is I Will Always Love You, the song by Whitney Houston. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I'll give you the three choices. I, I felt okay, like you yeah, might have known yeah. that one. I bet, I bet you'll kick yourself. Uh, Emmylou Harris... Dolly Parton or Glenn Fry? Um, Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton, right? She wrote. Yep. What I heard is that she wrote that song. And, God bless Dolly. I, I love know, Dolly. She's great. She wrote that song and Jolene on the same day. 
Well, that's know. a very productive day. Yeah. Go Dolly. Jesus. I don't know if that's true, but I've heard it several <laughs> places. Red Red Wine by UB40. Do you remember that song from the 80s? Red Red Wine. Do, do, do. Da, 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 da. You don't remember that song? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, Melody's coming back to me. All right. So they, they had a hit with it. Was it written by Neil Sedaka, Johnny Cash, or Neil Diamond? I'm going to guess uh, Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond, correct. Yeah. Also, um, it's, it seems, that seems possible. Yeah. That seems really possible, yeah. His original version was very, because, you know, UB40 made it a sort of reggae song. Not sort of reggae song, reggae right. song. Um, but Neil Diamond liked it so much, and I'm thinking he liked that it was a hit, too. Uh, he started doing their arrangement in his concerts. So he would do it like UB40 did. That's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. All right, you're two for two. You are well on the way to winning that shirt. <laughs> the Bangles, Manic Monday. Oh, yeah. Just heard that on the radio the other day. Yeah. And your choices are Michael Jackson, Michael McDonald from, you know, Michael McDonald mm-hmm. from, uh, from what? Oh, my God. Doobie uh, Brothers. Doobie Brothers. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, Michael other. Jackson, Michael McDonald, or Prince? I'm going to guess Prince, Prince because, yeah, I actually was watching some Prince. Is, is, is that right? Yep. That's okay. Right. Okay. I was watching um, like a Prince YouTube documentary or something like that, and I I, I think I had like heard that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He Thank wrote you. So YouTube. many songs. Yeah. <laughs> he did. Oh my god. Oh, Batman right, soundtrack. Uh, have you heard the song "It's Raining Men"? It's almost like a joke song. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Was that written by the Thompson Twins, Cole Porter, or Paul Schaefer? What was the first option? Uh, the first choice. The Thompson Twins. Thompson uh, twins. They're from the 80s. They had that song, uh, I have a picture. Who are the other two? Wall. Uh, Cole Porter. He's like that okay. songwriter from the 40s, maybe 30s. And Paul Schaefer from David Letterman's band. I guess Paul Schaefer. Paul Schaefer is correct. <laughs> wow. It just seems four. like something he would do on like the down low. Yeah. And be like, yeah, yeah that's, that's my tune. Yeah. yeah. I just, just came to me in the shower, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got to be a great composer, you know, be able to like, you know, like, bam, 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 there's a pop song right, for you. There you go. Right, yeah. You know, like, there's, there's there's all kinds of people like that. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, you already got, you already won the t-shirt. Uh, so, really? Yeah. All right. What's so the just band? for fun, number five is Pink's Let's Get the, or Pink, Get the Party Started. Let's get it started. No, is that uh, it? That's, uh, I'm coming out, so you better get the party yeah, started. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's kind of my theme song. I just be honest with you. <laughs> it just like plays automatically right. when you walk into a yeah, bar. Yeah, yeah. How, do, how did they do that? <laughs> All right. And I'll tell you the person's name is Linda Perry, but was okay. she in, which band was she in? So this is the person who wrote it. Pink didn't write it. Linda Perry wrote it. Linda okay. Perry of the Go-Go's Four Non Blondes or the Pixies? Oh, man. Go Go's, Four Non Blondes, or the Pixies are the options, right? Yeah. I'm going to say the Go Go's. Oh, no. Four Non Blondes. Oh, oh, man. That's so funny. I just heard that uh, that, that, that the song of theirs on the radio the other day. Yeah. Hey, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, like, I hear that a lot lately. It's making some kind of comeback for some reason. Maybe it was in a movie. What's or going on? Yeah. yeah. Are you making a video for it right now? I like I like what's going on. What's here. going on? <laughs> well, there's our clip I we're gonna get use. Real high. Yep. Yeah. 
All right. And uh, just a couple of other things real quick. Let me see. Do you have a musical impression that you do? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I got a few. <laughs> All right. Let's hear one. Now, the caveat, it can't be, um, uh, what's his name from Pearl Jam? Oh, James? man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Pearl Jam. That that's, that's definitely in, like, the top five, yeah. I think, for people. Oh, shit. Um, Eddie Vedder. That's who I can think of. Yeah. Okay, so what we like voice or like moves? Or Either like one, how, yeah. How, if how you want to breaking this up, if you want to do uh, like Morris Day's dance or something. Oh, I just lost your video. Oh, there you're back. Hold okay. on. Okay, there we go. Yeah, it's it's low battery time. Oh, okay. Apparently. I need to delete some things on my phone or clear oh, okay. some space. Um, we got just enough time for this musical impression. Oh man, you're gonna like you're gonna post this everywhere. Only if you allow it. <laughs> Oh man! So like, uh, I I I remember uh, watching this comedian. Uh, what's his name? Jim Brewer, and he was he was doing one of James Hetfield like at like a nursery school or like doing like a kids thing or something like that. And he's like, wouldn't it be badass if like James Hetfield went into like a school? He's like, come on, children, gather around. Who yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe had a little lamb. <laughs> If this is why it's no, you know, and did that kind of thing. And like, that's how he did like children's or like Ozzy. Ozzy. London Bridge is falling down. <laughs> My fair lady. And then I, I, I also try to dance like Michael or not Michael Jackson. No one can dance like Michael Jackson. You, you can dance like, <laughs> let's see it. Let's what you got. No, I said, no, I, 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 I was thinking of Mick Jagger. I was going to say Mick oh. Jagger. Yeah. Yeah. That's good I, too. I got to have the music on and everything. Oh, that's really, that's, that's can, a huge part of it. Man. Like, we're going to have to save that for another time. All right. Really? It's, it's yeah. Can you, uh, <laughs> Can you work it out with the band where you do it on stage sometime and just dedicate? Oh, I've I've totally accidentally, um, totally accidentally. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've, uh, I, you know, I, I I grew up Mick Jagger being one of my, you know, or probably my favorite front man of all time. Um, so naturally I've, um, watched him a lot and, um, I, I definitely have my own spastic nature. Um, uh, and quote unquote moves, but I also really pull a lot from, front men like that and, and a lot of front women too So 
look at that person that you don't necessarily get, you look at me, it's gotta be like, you're fucking crazy. The songs for those people. So with Natural Romantic, that one, we started playing out in late 2017, early 2018. And it it really grew in the live experience because we added this intro to where, and you can hear it on the live EP that's coming out where me and Keith kind of trade off that that tag. Um, and, and then the band comes in full force. But as far as lyrically and the subject matter, that came to be because i had heard the expression hopeless romantic a thousand times you know either being called it or um people just using it and it always annoyed me it always annoyed Mm. me because i thought the people that were hopeless romantics um as people say um are born that way they can't help it so to me it was just kind of a play on words and i was like you know natural romantic (laughs) and then i was like yeah let's try to put some music to it um I grew up listening to this band called the Romantics a lot, and they're oh, yeah. um, they're known for that song, uh, "My Sharona." Um, that's like their biggest hit. Wait. Um, oh, I'm sorry. The Knack. The Knack. The Knack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I did that the other day with my friend. We were talking about that band. I called them the Romantics. And he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's not the Romantics. You're thinking of the yeah. No. They kind there's 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 some similarities. Right. 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 Um, Anyways, yeah, sorry. Hopefully no one will rake me over the coals for that. Uh, I might take that. We'll see. We'll see how entertaining you. I might take it out. We'll see. Well, I grew up I grew up listening to this band called The Knack um, with my dad a lot. And um, he had the tape. Um, I think it was Get the Knack, the album Get the Knack. Yeah. And, it, you know, it had their big hit, My Sharona and all, um, Otara and Get Me Out or Let Me Out and stuff like that. And I, I, I just listened to the album the other day. I love it. Still love it. And um, anyway, point being, they just had these great hard-driving, pop, almost punky uh, guitar riffs. And there would be these really fun, you know, stops and everything where there would either be a drum fill or there'd be just dead, there'd be nothing there. And then, boom, the vocals would come right back in. I, I just always loved that growing up. And to me, that sounded like a band really working together. You know, like it's, it's yeah. one thing to jam and to be like, you know like that's that's one thing that's great and like you know like we were just talking about lonely days that is 100 about you know about jamming and just seeing what we can do musically but i also like when a band is just playing and they're they're on it together they're feeling every beat every note together and i knew that um that's kind of what natural romantic had going for it so i wrote the riff and um you know, like the the main line, call me strange, call me frantic. I'm just another strange bird, a natural romantic. And uh, the whole strange bird thing actually originated because I think Eliza uh, called me a strange bird mm-hmm. a couple times in a row. And I just thought that that was a funny thing. And so I used it. And um, in the chorus, you know, I don't need no words to let you know how I might be when I'm hanging around your tree. And all that means is, um, you know, I, I feel like the people that are most genuine in this world or have the most heart in this world, however you want to um, classify it, 
they don't have to talk themselves up. They don't have to um, spill their guts. They don't have to be like, this is my story. And this is why, you know, I, I hope that you like me and everything like that. Yeah. You know, I think that really good, genuine people um, are, you know, get along with other people that are, you know, mm-hmm. the same way and, and, and receptive to those kind of people. So that's what that line's about. And um, the whole like, uh, I'll use some tender Southern charm. Nobody sees enough of this. Uh, nobody sees enough of it these days. That's, that's kind of like, that's kind of about like growing up in the South and, you know, um, uh, growing up and like, you know, like hearing that whole thing, like sweet little country boy kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And, you know, which I don't, I don't sound like I'm from the South most of the time. And my mom's from Yonkers, New York, you know, <laughs> like, oh, that's what so I don't, <laughs> yeah. So I don't, you know, I don't, uh, I, I am born in the South and everything mm-hmm. like that. Um, but yeah, our, our, our family is very here, there and everywhere kind of thing. Um, yeah. uh, immigrants really, um, like most of America, but, um, point being, yeah, it was, it started as kind of a play on words. And then I, I had a really fun time writing that riff. And, um, like I said, I've always been a fan of pop driven music, you know, especially mm-hmm. with just a couple fun, uh, to the point chords and um i didn't really try to over over complicate it and we had a blast in the studio with it um live is is, is totally different live it's yeah. guitar bass and drums boom um drums started off by the studio you know you hear lenny petnelli from empire strikes brass just beating the shit out of the piano mm-hmm. and um you hear some you know beatles claps and everything like that and that was definitely an homage to um, you know, some of the music that we grew up on, you yeah. know, whether it be Beatles esque or like, you know, 60s surf rock and roll or 50s, you know, rock and roll. And um, yeah, that kind of vintage vibe really got captured. And um, of course, with the music video, we just kind of went in a goofy direction. Oh, yeah. Of, that was a great uh, video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trying to capture that childlike innocence, you know, mm-hmm. that we all feel whenever we're, uh, you know, falling for somebody. Do you have a song or songs? that you've um, like always wanted to play live or maybe you don't either you don't play live, you don't play very much because you haven't been able to kind of uh, settle on an arrangement, a live arrangement that you like. There's a song off the first album. I call it the first album because it's the first album that got put on Spotify. It's the first album that we toured behind, like it really toured behind. Um, and the one I'm talking about is We All Stay Hungry from 2015. It's actually our second album. A lot of people don't know that. We put out an album in 2012 um called soul and sarcasm which fun fact i'm gonna re-release in 2022 for like the 10-year anniversary um of the band putting out music but um anyway faith in my friends is the song um and actually i think keith actually mentioned that he that he'd like to bring this one back as well um it's the first track off of we all we all stay hungry from 2015 and um it's just a song about leaning on people whenever you you know whenever you really need them and giving that kind of love right back to them um not letting the darkness in your mind bring you down (laughs) um or hard times bring you down and uh anyway it's just got a fun message and it's really catchy um i like the way that it turned out live but um especially with logan behind the drums now who has just a, a really great um you know sense of groove and uh, being in the pocket, um, I feel like we could do it really well and even better. I 
Well, speaking of the Beatles, uh, Everyone Everywhere, I felt like that feels like it could have just come right off of uh, Sgt. Pepper. I thought, did you? Dude, that's like the sweetest thing I've ever heard about that song. Thank you. (laughs) We are massive Beatles fans. Yeah, especially Keith. Yeah, he's got like so much Beatle paraphernalia at his house. Uh, Yeah, Um, yeah, man, that that one. So, uh, like, really, the whole Everyone Everywhere album came in two different pieces, two different recording sessions. One in the spring of 2019, and then. In early 2020, we cut the rest of it. And that song, the title track, Everyone Everywhere, Everyone Everywhere, was done. And when I say done, I mean it was written. We knew that it had some potential. We thought it was like that it could be one of our um, most complex songs in the studio. Mm-hmm. And we knew that we want Matt to do, you know, like a, a string kind of orchestral arrangement on it uh, because we you know we grew up loving you know bands like the beatles and stuff like that you know and um anyway that was done and we decided that that was going to be the title of the album and but like nothing else was recorded so in a way this song that that title track led it was like a it was like the blanket of the album it was like everything gets under here you know like and it really helped give it um a unifying um message and 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 look even you know like uh with the cover i would say that one i actually remember sitting in my kitchen floor my mom's kitchen floor i was probably like 17 16 17 years old and i was playing with this riff and it was like everyone's got something that they feel they gotta hide or like something like that and i remember um, like hearing that lick one day and just thinking like, Oh, that'd be cool if I could kind of play with that. And then I'm also a giant fan if people haven't figured it out by now of alliteration. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, you know, given what the world was going through and what we were feeling as people in the world, um, I just thought that, you know, everyone everywhere, you know, was going through something that was pretty shared. Yeah. Um, something felt really universal whether it be joy, pain, or something crazy in between. And the fight for justice, equality, um, you name it. And uh, Keith actually wrote the bridge section where you hear Matt Williams um, take a fiddle solo. And he wrote the outro as well. So it was the first time that me and him uh, musically really worked on something. I, and I And I very vividly remember working on that with him in his old house in the basement. And... Um, I showed it to him. I was like, this is what I got. Um, I think it's a really good message. I'm still playing with the verses as far as lyrics a little bit, but I think, I think this, you know, very, it, and it's almost kind of like a Zeppelin as kind of down, 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 down kind of thing. And like, it, it was just all really new. Like we, we had never um, done anything like that as a band. And um, it, it was a cool, um, it was a cool moment to see that kind of writing um, uh, progressing. And anyway, Keith helped me finish the music and like i said that was the first time that had happened so we felt like that was really cool and again it just came down to a unifying message you know like um for example in the chorus um you know even when you feel lonely in this world it is unkind you know call on me I, I i know you'll find that um even when you don't feel like you have anything nothing at all you know you have something you know and that's really what it came down to and i was just kind of raised that way and i also think that way out of survival yeah. um you know not to go off the deep end and 
or to keep myself from going off the deep end. And I just really, um, I want the best for people and I want the best for, uh, mental health, you know, and I want people to feel like they have a purpose and everything. And, yeah, there's, there, there's a lot of um, different feelings that went into that song, but really it's just about unity in really strange times. And you did a project where you had uh, had a lot of your fans and just everyone in general send in uh, pictures with them, like holding uh, messages saying everyone everywhere. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Man, that that was just like, I, and it's crazy to like to like to believe that it's like coming up on like it was like in the spring or summer of 2020, which is like we're it's going to be spring and summer is going to be here before we know it. It's yeah. crazy, but um, yeah, I mean that 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 was a project that I was like, man, this this could make people happy, you know, seeing everyone, you know, in this big heart shape and everything, and being like, hey, we're in this together, you know, I am everyone everywhere, you know, and it's not a us and them kind of thing. It's us together. Yeah. And, um, I just really knew that I wanted to see something like that. I knew that other people would probably appreciate something like that. And that was one of the biggest things in early 2020 that pushed me through as yeah. far as being like, man, we got great people on our side. And I still just to give a shout out to every, everyone from yourself to, um, our, our fans in Asheville to, Boise to New York City and every, everywhere in between, like really, people were extremely supportive. And it was I, just a really, really positive thing. Just about it, that was really, you know. Yeah. I try to be positive, man. Yeah. We, we try to make our music as positive as possible. I was, I was joking with my girlfriend the other day. I was like, "What if we call our brand of music uplifting rock and roll?" Yeah, and she was like, "Kind of sounds like you're like a Christian rock." I was, <laughs> I was just thinking Christian rock. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, we're not that. I mean, yeah. like, you know, like each of their own and, you know, right. like go get it. You know, if, if it does something for you, fantastic. Because I grew up that way. Um, but yeah, I, <laughs> I, I think the point is like, I want people to feel super unified whenever they listen to these, to these songs and yeah. whether it be something from back, you know, six years ago that we recorded or something that is coming out in a month, you know, like I, yeah. music Maybe, gave um, that to me and I want to give it back. Well, what about positive humanist music? Maybe that sounds a little positive human humanistic yeah. humanist. Oh, I'll email get, that to I'll me. get it. This hard. <laughs> we'll work on. Yeah, yeah. There you yeah. go. <laughs> to those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress. Don't wait, no, don't hesitate, cause the poor man can't give what the rich man always takes. Let them build walls and cast their Build them brick by brick and burn their thrones. Together we're stronger. Let us not feed the fear mongers. Together we're stronger. So take 
took its own uh took took a life of its own yeah. in 2020 um i definitely did not think that that song would be as um or that it would come out at a time um where we were seeing you know what we were seeing as a country and as a world or as a planet that one got written in 20 like early 2018 i i specifically remember performing it for the first time at a benefit show at the gray eagle um, it was a, f- a friend of mine's mom who was raising money for bre- or, uh, going through breast cancer. And um, anyway, I, I, I remember playing it. I remember jotting down uh, the lyrics and uh, I just had that line in my head together. We're stronger. Let us not feed the fear mongers. And it was definitely political. It was definitely like it was driven from having to see um, Trump's face on the, on the news way too much. And, having to feel that kind of um, just, just general sense of like, you know, you're different and, you know, or, or this party's different and, and this group of people is different and we're scared of one another. And, you know, like I, I also just, I, I saw a lot of violence growing up, you know, like my dad was, my dad was taken because of gun violence and drug abuse, you know, not, not on his part because of somebody else yeah. that was mentally ill on drugs and, you know, had a lot of fear in their, in their hearts and, it all comes down to as well, like uh, fear is the ultimate enemy. So I think that that line together was stronger. Let us not feed the fear bongers. If I hadn't have written it, if I didn't write it, then someone else would have. And maybe someone else already did. Um, I, I hope not. But <laughs> what I'm saying is, it's something say that I know. <laughs> what I'm saying is like, it's something that I know a lot of people have felt. And um, I just, I, I remember when that line came to me, I was like, this, this has to happen. This has to be put in a song. And it was a really good time because, you know, like we were, you know, we were in the midst of Trump's America and seeing a lot of um, wrong, wrong things every day yeah. and feeling that weight. We were feeling that weight. And um, we had never actually performed that song as a band until we went in the studio. Um, and in fact, um, it really grew in the studio. Like there was, 
there was uh the original plan was for me to record it by myself um just voice and cigar box and for those that are curious it's written on my square cigar box guitar i call it it's tuned d d a d and so it it, it kind of plays it's like an open uh similar to like open g tuning if you're a guitar player and um it's really great for slide you can take a uh you know a glass or um uh, whatever and you can even take a big lighter you know typically i use a big lighter for a slide um because i keep up with those better than i do <laughs> an actual slide <laughs> go figure um but anyway um it was originally planned to be like the one song in the ep where it's just me and a guitar because that's you know that's how i write a lot of songs um whether it be acoustic or on the cigar box guitar and we started recording it and Keith was there and he laid down this really fun bass swell. And I was like, man, let's, you know, let's, let's give it a look, you know, some more swing and let's give it a, let's give it a track. Let's build it. And sure enough, um, I actually got behind the drums. Eliza, I think she wasn't feeling well that day. And so she left and I was like, well, Hey, I'm going to lay down some drums. She's like, go for it. And, um, you know, I, I can play, the drums i'm i'm not like i'm not like you know super experienced by any means but i i went back and i did what i thought the song needed and it, it turned out pretty cool and of course with matt's guidance you know um you hear that kind of um hits on the floor tom which, which you know kind of sound like cannon fire and it's almost kind of got like a wartime um march or kind of sense of the times um wrapped up in it and it's really it would not be what it is without the charlie chaplin audio excerpt from the great dictator and that's that's a whole story in itself but um i was listening back to the track or we had just like we we had just got like the meat and potatoes of the track done in the studio and i sent matt um a link to the great dictator speech and i was like what if we took some parts of this and, you know, because like what he was saying was so in line, you know, with what we were feeling in early 2020, you know, coming up on, you know, like the last year mm -hmm. of, of, of Trump and the, like the last, you know, like, and just, just like things were bubbling under the surface, you know, like we obviously had not, we, we had not seen the riots and the, you know, and, and, and the protests and um, really just the um, desire for strong, social change yet because you know we were still in the winter time of 2020 but it was all bubbling under the surface you know I, I remember feeling it but like it was like you almost couldn't put your finger on it and then of course bam everything kind of happened at once but um the track was done and I sent that to Matt that that audio ex or that video of Charlie Chaplin talking and for anyone that's curious about what the hell I'm talking about just google or youtube the great dictator um Charlie Chaplin will also do. Um, it came out in 1940. It just turned 80 years old. And the movie um, is uh, a big, big uh, punch in the face to Hitler. <laughs> and uh, uh, dictators in general and um, fascism and uh, government control and uh, stifling of the people. Um, there's, there's a lot of different things. There's also you know, like a little bit of a love story involved in friendship and everything. And anyway, um, and, and, and Charlie Chaplin is just a phenomenal actor and, um, uh, 
just entrepreneur in general. Um, but anyway, so I, I love that scene. I love that speech and I sent it to Matt and we just, you know, we're like, yeah, let's try it. We chopped it up. Um, uh, but not, not even that much. We just took like one or two parts and we like just went like this and they lined up mm-hmm. to where like, I'm getting used to I'm thinking about right. it because I remember sitting there being like, dude, that that's it. Like that sounds like it needed to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is, this is a cherry on top. This is the icing on the cake, whatever. Like this, this is like the, this is what's going to really tie it together. Mm-hmm. And before that, all these songs, you know, and the lyrics we started to realize had a really, um, or we, you know, I, I always kind of knew it, but, you know, we were becoming more and more reminded that this, this album, Everyone Everywhere, is about what's going on right now in this country and, and, and on this planet, whether it be, you know, at, like in our hearts or in our minds or soul, or whatever, it's very much so driven by what we're experiencing every day as human beings. And um, so it made sense to put something that was, definitely politically driven but it was also talking about matters of the heart and human nature um it wasn't all just about you know like pick a, it's, it's not about pick a side you know or anything like that and i i want to stress that to the people that have listened to this album and or um in any way um uh picked up on the fact that you know some of my songs do talk about what's going on as far as politics and you know uh, social change and justice and everything like that i don't want to alienate anybody Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, 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 I can't not talk about things. Um, and I, I hope to do it in a way where it's not um, polarizing to one group or demographic of people, right. you know. And you're talking, you're um, not even, like, I, I hear you clearly um, criticizing Trump. Like, I, I've never heard you say anything about Trump followers or people who vote for him or even, no. even don't don't like him, but also don't agree with you. You know, you're talking about how you feel about this one situation, you know, and really the person too. I mean, like when it comes down to the group of people, I know, I know plenty of people that voted for Trump that, that I, that I, uh, that I love and I think are nice people, you know, like I, I don't agree with people that are like, if you voted for Trump, you know, get get off my Facebook wall. For yeah. one, what the hell is that going to do? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, this is going to make them even more angry and isolated. Yeah. Feel like they're kicked out, and I, 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 I don't even really want to talk too much about the guy because, like, it's great that we're not seeing him in the news anymore. Right. And I really do think that people are reevaluating what the hell has been going on, right? Yeah. You know, in this country, and I think that people are definitely coming together a lot more and want to really work together more than ever. So I won't go too deep, but I will say that you know, like it, um, to me, it, I, I, you know, not talked about you know, the current state of things for so long, but, um, anyone that was ever surprised, um, by us supporting black lives matter, um, our current president, uh, Joe Biden, or anybody that wanted progressive, genuine, um, change that would benefit everyone, not one side, not one group, not one demographic, whatever, everyone. Um, if anyone had a problem with that during, um, you know, the release of this album or me talking about the album, I'm sorry, but like, this is the way it is, you know? And like, we actually got a, we got a really hateful message from somebody for supporting black lives matter, you know? And like, like it broke my heart. It broke my heart that somebody who called themselves a fan and like, PS, if you're a fan and you have a problem with us talking about what's going on in the world, probably not a fan. Um, but I, I just, I was blown away that somebody would, would get so worked up, um, about us wanting to support, um, something that, you know, like wanted 
like the best for people. And, you know, of course it comes down to the whole argument of like, you know, do you, um, black lives matter? Is that, you know, like, like some people immediately think of people rioting, you know, and some people think of protests, you know, peace. And there, there's so many different perceptions of it that, you know, somebody is going to get offended, yeah. you know? Well, like it, it comes down to how are you talking to people too? You know what I mean? Like I, 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 like I responded to the person that gave us a, a hateful message about supporting BLM. Um, a very nice message back. I gave him a very loving message back where I know a lot of people wouldn't have, but I did um, because he called himself a fan and I didn't, you know, I didn't really want to. And like we said at the beginning of this conversation, the last thing I want to do is alienate people because everyone is, you know, feeling kind of scattered enough. Yeah. But um, yeah, point being, I, I, I really think the song, you know, it, it definitely takes a, it takes a humanistic approach uh, to what's going on. It's not about like, Hey, join me way over here or join me yeah. way over here or join me in the middle. It's, it's about being like, Hey, this is what's going on. And this is a message that I think that everybody can get, can get behind. Um, and something that will help for the, you know, the better of humanity and not just one faction or whatever, you know? And um, yeah, I, 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 I definitely remember being a little hesitant, you know, to like talk about these kind of things, but, you know, artists and bands that stick around yeah. and, you know, really stick around for decades, they're not afraid to talk about what they feel is right, you know? Right. And at the end of the day, um, you know, like, like time will tell, you know, and I, f I feel like the, the best of people will be captured and that will push on over any kind of hatred or any kind of, uh, uh, racism on any level, you know, like all, all, all that is, is, is not going to push on love and compassion is going to push on. And, um, I, I, I really hope I, you know, di didn't offend people by, you know, having our latest album become, you know, partly political, but at the yeah. same time, like I said, it's gotta be talked about. If yeah. we don't talk about it, then we're sitting on the sidelines. And I, I think any good artist, any good music, uh, or any good band, talks about what's going on in their world and also knows how to relate it. Not, you know, not just be like, this is political. This is also a matter of the heart and the soul, yeah. you know, because that's where everything comes from. And sometimes it's so. just the beginning of a conversation where you're saying through your music, here's what I think. And just like that guy did with you, he told you what he thought. And then you replied, yeah. well, here's what I think yeah. of, you know, you're just, you're just starting that conversation. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not big into, um, you know, writing people off for, for their beliefs. Um, but, but at the same time, like if, if, you know, if, if you're a bigot or if you're, you know, if you're trying to spread fear and you're trying to spread hatred, mm. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I don't get it. Right. It's that simple. I don't get it. Like yeah. that's, that's not my world. And, um, uh, so yeah, fear mongers is about really just coming together and realizing that together we're stronger and, um, you know, it was written, uh, around the time we saw a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, horrible things on the news and it's a song for the times. Let's just put it like that. And I hope people enjoy it because we put a lot of work into it and getting Charlie Chaplin's voice on there, which again, I urge people to check it out. Um, and, uh, I had to get a license from his estate in Paris just to use it. Um, mm. fun fact, I didn't know that you had to do things like that. Well, actually, like when it comes to audio samples and like using other people's like music, you know, like that, that to me was like, well, duh, you got to get a license for that. But right. I was, you know, I didn't know for sure if we had to contact his estate or his kids right. about using an audio excerpt from the movie, The Great Dictator. 
And again, I urge people to listen to it because that song is taking on a life of its own. And it, it's, um, it's magical the way that his voice, my voice and the music works together. And uh, I was telling someone the other day, it's like, if I stopped recording music, tomorrow that's the song that yeah. i would want people to remember <laughs> and not you know, only that, did his yeah. uh visit estate let you use it but also i mean they were very they like put it on their playlist from the estate they did yeah. yeah they were they they were supportive um they, they they were they were good to work with they were super professional and um i had no idea that like coldplay and paula nutini and um there's one other artist uh it's, it's on that playlist um, that that artists like that had also gone through them to do yeah. something similar, either in a live setting or on a record. Oh, yeah. So it was a really educational experience, meaning like I spent a good month and a half. It seemed like maybe longer communicating with mm-hmm. the office in Paris, you know, and there's like a time difference and everything. You know, I had to like uh, schedule emails and stuff yeah. like that yeah. and make sure that like we were kind of going back at the same time and, um, anyway, yeah, they have, they have a couple copies of the album and, um, just getting their blessing was really, was really nice and being able to do business with, um, you know, the official right holder, you know, rights holders mm-hmm. of his, you know, his voice, his legacy, his image, all that, that was a pretty powerful thing. And hopefully as time goes on, it'll become even more powerful because like I said, 80 years that movie's been out 80 years and we're still, you know, seeing how it's relevant. So yeah. It might stay that way forever, you know? (laughs) Okay, just a huge thanks to Andrew for being on the podcast. And thanks for sending the live tracks from the live EP that's out now called Live from a Distance. Again, go to any of the streaming sites, search Andrew Scotchy and the River Rats, or go to andrewscotchymusic.com for the new live EP and also for the uh, back catalog. A lot of really good stuff there. Uh, The last two songs are obviously studio tracks. Uh, as we talked about so you'll you'll be able to get those there as well also make sure to check out andrew's live dates Uh, as we mentioned he's playing at the coda festival coming up and also at the orange peel but i'm sure by the time this comes out there'll be even more dates for you to catch andrew with the river rats uh, solo and with his duo act called kind clean gentlemen make sure to check his social media for that Also, one more time, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Where did you get this podcast? Just, you know, backtrack from there and subscribe at that place. Unless somebody sent it to you just uh, on a CD or something, then let me know about that because I'm just curious. Closing song this week comes from The Pinkerton Raid. This is a band out of New England, my hometown, headed by songwriter Jesse DeCanto. They have performed at Day Trotter and been written up in American Songwriter, Spill Magazine, Glide Magazine, and a bunch more places. You can find them at PinkertonRaid.com. Also, links in the show notes for other places to find them. Don't forget to go get that Andrew Scotchy album. Have a good week.
risks a rush, thrills a ride, we'll raise the stakes, he'll roll the dice. It's a, it's a beautiful thing.